This is the Drunken Comedian Podcast with your host, Matt Hoss. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Drunken Comedian Podcast. And I'm pretty sure if you are listening to this episode right now, you'll know that this is part two of the Sammy Dobson episode. And we pretty much continue where we left off. And I'm not going to keep you here for too long, but just to say that uh, we talk about some really funny things. We have some quickfire questions. Also, it has some really endearing moments as well. In the podcast, we also talk about Which is the Best, which is a podcast which features both Sammy Dobson and Lee Kyle. And they have to uh, decide which is the best between two things with, with the same or similar sounding names. So that is important for later on in the podcast as well. Uh, do check out their podcast as well. It's absolutely brilliant. I hope you enjoy episode 12 with Sammy Dobson, part two. I hope you're ready for our podcast today, and I hope you're ready for what we're about to say. And you can come play on a bus or a train, because we're going to go straight inside your brain. Get ready for the podcast. Yeah. Hope you're ready for the podcast. I bet you're ready for the podcast. Yeah, yeah you're probably ready. Enjoy the podcast. Can you do me if I? Can you just tell me just just so it just won't go out? But if you just tell me how amazing I am, can you just say, "Oh, Matt Hoss is the best person ever"? Can you say that for me? Matt Hoss is a man among men. It stands proud on the mountain of manness. Um, and really, you should all take a leaf out of his book. He is a witty, wonderful man. Um, and really, you should all uh, look up to him, bow down to him, and use an essence of him to spice your curries. Uh, that, that's the only thing that's going to go out. Yes, right. <laughs> do you know what I was thinking today? You know, if you do that weird thing when you jumble your name up, you'd be Hatmos, yes. which I like. You it's know, a spoonerism. Hatmos. Uh, I also realise it's an anagram, Matt Hoss an anagram of Shatmos as well. So I think that's also quite applicable as well. That's nice. I know my name backwards, but it doesn't do anything more interesting than that. I'm uh, Yamas Nosbod. Oh, I like that, yeah. You sound uh, like a, a fantasy character. <laughs> My best friend often calls me the snozbod. Snozbod. I'm alright with that. So, I've, uh, well, let, let's chat about you, Sammy. Uh... <laughs> Did we get on to just question three? Is that where we're at? Uh, we can do, but... I How many we... have you got? Well, I did, well, there's a lot of like vague ones, which I kind of pick and choose, if you okay. know what I mean. Let's but... do a quick fire then, and then we'll so, get on to it. Okay, right? um, uh, well, what gig did you die at last? Oh, oh God. Uh... Die. I remember dying horribly at a gig at the Old Star in Shadow. Uh-huh. Um, and it was the first time I'd done a gig with Seymour Mace. Uh-huh. And I adore him. Yes. And it was the first time he'd seen me. And I died on my arse. And I just cried all the way home. Because I was like, and now he's going to think I can't do comedy. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> but I think he's always been a bit scared of us. Because I accidentally, when I was pissed once at a party, rested my vagina on his knee. <laughs> Next question! You can't, we can't do quick fire, Sammy, because what happens is that you can't lay down an anecdote like that and just, we can't lay it to rest. There's so much to talk about. I'm quite flirtatious when I'm drunk, but I also have no sense of balance and I've got one leg significantly shorter than the other. And I was leaning to him to talk to him and he's just not, not great with physical contact. So I was, I didn't know that, and I was being a bit overly physically contacty, probably a bit too flirtatious, and then I realised that my pivot for my entire stance had been my vagina resting on his kneecap. I think it took him quite a few years to get over that, and that's fair enough. It was quite an aggressive act in retrospect. I later fell into an open fire. I was very drunk. 
So, next. <laughs> There's no question that can really beat that. But okay, um, uh, what is a routine that you have loved but audiences never got behind? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I used to do a bit about. It was a real story that my I, my dad came out of my house once. My dad lives two doors down. My mum and dad live in a flat two doors away from me. And I was in a, a, a state of high stress. Mm-hmm. I own every collectible Lego minifigure that's ever been released by Lego. That's something very important to me, something very dear to me. And I am fastidious about that collection. I have no humour when it comes to that collection. You don't fuck with them. You don't <laughs> touch them. You don't joke about them. I get real when it comes to the Lego guys. Oh my God. Okay? And I realised one day that my Lego graduate had no cape. I saw it online and I went, why does my Lego graduate have no cape? My Lego graduate has no cape. His cape's gone! And I was like, oh, shit. And my world just turned into a tailspin. I was like, I don't have a cape for my Lego graduate. <laughs> and I was all over the house. I'd ripped everything apart. My dad came out of the house and he saw me sweaty, stressed, things everywhere. And he went, oh, God, Sammy, what's wrong? And I was like, I've lost the cape. Off my Lego graduate, and he went, Oh, fuck off, and walked away. And I used to do that on stage, and people didn't find it funny, but at the time I found that hysterically funny yeah. because his urgency as a father to need to help me was then immediately negated by the stupidity of the thing I needed help yeah. with. But I did it a few times, people were just like, Well, I've got so much Lego, what's wrong? Yeah. And I thought, oh, fuck the lot of years, I'll just not. <laughs> you don't get me. <laughs> you don't understand. So I had to sack that off completely. So, uh, if you could uh, flat share with any three comedians in Edinburgh, dead or alive, for an entire month, who would they be? Holy shit. And, you, and, and this means, like, you have to, like, you know, do the dishes with them and, uh, you know, so, for instance... So, any that have ever played Edinburgh ever? Well, sorry, it, it can be any comedian ever. So, Holy but, fuck. <gasps> but you, you have to flat share with them, so you, you have to get them warts and all. Right. Oh, I'm trying to be really sensible about this, so... I, 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 oh god, I feel like I might cry about it. Um, my, um, my heroes growing up, and I mean from being a baby, my, the most important thing in my life when I was four years old was Vic Reeves. Vic Reeves and Bob Morton. My mum and dad would record Big Night Out for us, I'd come back from nursery, and I would sit hunched in the living room and watch it adoringly, and I just think it was the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. I wanted, at four years old, Vic Reeves to be my dad, yeah. or my husband. I didn't know quite what that meant, but I knew what I needed him nearly. Um, but I've met him. And he's really um, socially awkward. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, I didn't appreciate Bob for the gem he was. And the older I got, the more I realised that man's a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. His mind works yeah. like no other. And he seems so sociable and so Definitely. brilliant and ebullient. And, a, and just a big sort of swearing, smoking, drinking, great time bloke. So it would be Bob Mortimer, hands down. I've also met Rick Mail. Oh, really? and I adored Rick Mail and Ed Edmondson as much as I love Vic and Bob. Bottom was I went to see Bottom Life for my ninth birthday. <laughs> my parents regretted yeah. that. Um, they, they didn't. They didn't give a fuck. <laughs> but, um, Rick Mail again, where you just sort of go, I think I love that man, but I want him to be my uncle because I don't know what sex is. Yeah. And then I met him when I was eighteen. Me and my mum went to a book signing and met him, and he simultaneously goosed us. <laughs> goosed you? What a Big old nip on the back side, oh, really? both of us at the same time. And honestly, at the time, we were both like, how oh, is it Rick Mill? Wonderful. And then in retrospect, you go, he is a difficult man. Yeah. Um, so me, I, I, I feel like I'd want to, but at the same time, I think he might be a sex pest. <laughs> so I'm going to go for Bob Mortimer. I met Victoria Wood as well once. Oh, yeah. Right. This is where I might cry. Oh. The first Edinburgh I ever did 
<laughs> Lee Ridley, Lost Voice Guy, lovely man. Yeah. Amazing comic. He was doing this sort of, not only was he doing a, a gig with the stand, I believe, where he was doing his own hour, but he did a mixed bill where he did uh, his 20 and his two friends, Nathan Wood and Emily Wood. Emily Wood's aunt being Victoria mm-hmm. Wood. And then he got um, pneumonia, that fringe. He mm-hmm. was really ill. And I'd done a couple of spots on their show. They had mm-hmm. an open spot every day. And he said, I'm, I'm ill. I'm in hospital. I need someone to, to, to jump in. Can you do it? So I did it for a week. And, and Victoria Wood was in the audience one day and I didn't know. Oh. Now, this wasn't that long after my car accident and I'd taken a lot of codeine because the hills of Edinburgh had paid toil with my leg. Yeah. I was on a stick. I'd taken loads of codeine. I was feeling a bit rough. I was sort of off my tits a bit. Did a show and thought, I don't even know what I said. And at the end of the gig, this woman came over and she went, I really enjoyed that. And she shook my hand. And my brain was going, you know her. You recognise her. That's one of your friend's mums. Ah. Uh. And the other half of my brain was screaming, that's Victoria Wood. That's Victoria Wood. And the, the, the rational brain took over the morphine, the codeine, and went, that's fucking Victoria Wood. And uh, Nathan went, we're all staying for a drink, sort of, with Victoria. Do you want to stay? And I'd already started crying, like, behind my heart. You know, and it's well enough. Yeah. And I was like, thank you so much for that. It was lovely to meet you. I got as far as turning my back on it and getting out the door, and my legs gave way. I managed to get around the corner of the building, just fully collapsed on the foot. And I'm going, Victoria, what did you want me to come and eat? I was hysterical. Yeah. I just cried and cried and cried. She is my hero. Yeah. You mentioned on... Uh, the day she died was... I can't tell you. That's the the, the most... Probably after Rick and Mayle, actually, the, the most celebrity that's ever affected me because she's my hero. She's one of the reasons I do this. Yeah. She's one of the reasons I act. Yeah. Loads of my drama monologues that I did in exams were Victoria Wood monologues. I think that woman was a genius. So Bob Mortimer, Victoria Wood, and then it's going to be a fight to the death between Jason Byrne and Daniel Kitson, who are my <laughs> two favourite living stand-ups. Um I, I don't think Kitson would be able to bear the amount of love I could <laughs> pour on him. Yeah. But Jason Byrne, it feels like if me, Bob, Victoria, were having a bev one night playing some daft games, yeah. I think he's more likely to get involved. Definitely. In the flat, in the flat antics. So yeah. I think great motherly vibe from Vicky, some excellent sage tales, and daft madness with the lads. I think it's going to be Jason Byrne. You, I love how much thought you put into it. That was a really important question because <laughs> that's, that's the dream, isn't it? That's... Imagine being able to do that. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you so much. Are <laughs> uh, uh, you feeling okay? Yeah, I just yeah. love her. Yeah. No, I. Oh, that... Sometimes I remember she's dead and I just get teary. I've already cried twice today. Once remembering how awful AIDS must have been. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding, right? <laughs> and being like a young virile mother oh, and then yeah. you watch your loved one die like that and this because I was watching RuPaul and um, oh yeah yeah, yeah. one of the Latina queens yeah. had liver cancer yeah, uh, you know the one with the yes. cuckoo yeah cuckoo yeah. Um, she, she had liver cancer between the series ending and the final and she was like and one of the queens reached out to me and came and visited me in hospital and that was Acid Betty who I'd heard and yeah, I was like yeah. Acid Betty's got a heart yeah. and I was like fuck me imagine being I'm going to cry again imagine being gay in the 80s, early 90s, being rejected by a family, building a family of friends, becoming ill in that situation in America, where the healthcare is a fucking nightmare, and needing the support of your community, and these men that are going to come and reach out to... Right, so I cried in the kitchen thinking about that. 
And then I cried in the car on the way to my sewing class, remembering how lovely the song The Sound of Music is from the musical The Sound of Music. I was humming it and I made myself cry. So to say I'm emotional today already is an understatement. I, I, I totally get it as well, because like, I'm not sure if I want to delve into that, but like, yeah, I, um, I used to really love Angels in America, which is uh, about, obviously, yes. AIDS in the 80s, and uh, one of the most heartbreaking parts of that is uh, when um, Guy, uh, Lewis and Pryor, Pryor or something like that, Pryor gets uh, a HIV, and Lewis uh, just he doesn't deal with it, so he just leaves him, and, it's just like, uh, and he has to deal with it by himself, and it's a... Uh, <laughs> Fun fact, I'm not, not sure if this isn't... I think I don't think it's the right vibe to mention this now, but uh, uh, I, I read that play when I was sixteen, and uh, for two weeks after reading it, I considered being gay for a bit. So uh, that's totally reasonable. No, I, like when my friend Jade came out, she was so beautiful and cool and inspirational. As just as a friend, I was like, "Well, if Jade's gay, like <laughs> I want to be on that line yeah. because she's the bomb." Yeah. Um, uh, but I've tried it and it wasn't for me. Yeah. Well, at least you tried it, you know. I, do you know what? I'd love to be gay because I know it's one of those like ridiculous statements that people make. But if it wasn't for the fact that it just isn't something that turns us on, I think the relationships that women have as friends are so beautiful and should be celebrated so much more than they are. That like my best friends, Alice and Rachel. Two of the most magnificent people in my life. I hold them as dear to me as I do my boyfriend, as my parents. Yeah. They are wonderful. And the relationships we have just because, oh, they're me mate, shouldn't be any less than a boyfriend or whatever. There should be a celebration of having best friends because I adore those women. Yes, that love isn't sexual, but that's the only element of that that isn't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... I would happily spend the rest of my life with either of those women. Yeah. But society defines that that relationship must be sexual. So, yeah. yeah. <sighs> um, so, um... <laughs> I need to stop drinking, Matt. <laughs> no. it, it's quite out of five and not a sausage prick. <laughs> uh, sausage... Oh, let's not talk about being broody again, okay? <laughs> I, I really wanted to talk about uh, you and your stand-up for a bit, because... Um, uh, you recently did uh, an hour but, uh, at Jess Hall, yeah. right? and I've heard many people say that it was a fantastic hour. So, uh, did you did you enjoy doing a whole hour performance? I paid them. I did pay them all to come away and say that. Yeah, it's, so. that's PR for you. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it significantly more than I thought I was going to. However, I knew two-thirds of the audience... So I had a receptive audience. There's no two ways about that. If that was as many people in an Edinburgh audience, I wouldn't have got such a favourable response. So I loved it because they loved it. But they loved it because they like me. Do you know what I mean? It was a sort of an infinity loop. But I still think that even if you have friends in, that's still a... It can be an icy gig as well, so yeah. I think uh, that doesn't detract from away from your success. Surely. Also, one of my childhood best friends' parents turned up, and I've never felt so. I started shaking when yeah. I saw them because I was like, "Oh my god, they're going to hear me talk about my bubble!" Yeah. <laughs> I was so scared. Uh, the, the second I walked off the stage, I looked at my watch, so I'd done fifty-six minutes, got down the three stairs, and burst into tears. Aww. I was just so overwhelmed by the amount of people who came, the amount of my friends that came, because it meant. More to me than anything that friends came than strangers because it. I just think it's so nice to go. Oh, we like Sammy. We'll get behind that rather yeah. than ugh, it's a Sunday night we'll stay in. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I get that, especially if it's a special event, and which was as well. Uh, I, I found when I did stand up when, when I first started it, people, oh yeah, we'll come along. But obviously, naturally, the more you start doing it, people start. Of course, they, they, of course they, they, they don't do, get yeah. it. Uh, but equally. 
you, you, what's really beautiful is that you do talk about having all these kind of close friends like uh, um, Alice and Rachel and stuff like that. Neither of whom were there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel lives in Manchester and Alice was at a, a roller derby tournament, I believe, in a foreign country. Um, so, and then they were both like, I'm so sorry I wasn't there. I was like, it's fine, you've got lives, I appreciate that. <laughs> Alice is one of the best roller derby referees in the country, yeah. in the, of the world. She's actually going off to referee a tournament next weekend in Malmo, Sweden, which is unbelievable. Um, <laughs> We started at the same time. I lasted four weeks. She yeah. does that. That tells you my staying power with activities. Yeah, but like, uh, how long have you been doing stand-up for as well? Uh, I did my first ever gig in 2013. Uh, a- April 2013, I think. Yeah, you've come a long way as well. It's just, it's... I had it quite a while off in the middle because Rachel, aforementioned, um, the, the silly bitch that she is went and had a heart transplant. And I'll be honest, I was not in a place to go and make people laugh. So I took quite a while out so I think although it's been like four years on a calendar it's actually been about three that I've done it because I just went yeah I don't want to be funny anymore I want to go to Manchester every weekend and sit by my friend's bedside Um, I I can't really what's really I can't ask a light hearted question it's like a real life episode of this morning (laughs) (laughs) Coronation Street AIDS (laughs) it's it's really like it's life it's just bad things and horrible things and nice things all mixed together yeah, this... What does the sticker on your notebook say? So, it says Sasquatched, and you might, uh, I was, this is going to be a, a question afterwards, but uh, that is from the podcast The Parapod, and I'm a big fan <gasps> of, and I know you like it as well. Yeah, I love Let's it. talk about The Parapod for a bit. Best podcast ever. Oh. Right, my boyfriend cannot understand why I adore Barry Dodds yeah. the way I do. He just doesn't get it. Yeah. I mean... Oh, saying that, I had a sex dream about Ray, <laughs> Ian, Boltsworth, yeah. and I've never had about Barry. I think he's a sexy, clever little man. But I, I just love it. I love I love seeing the world through someone else's eyes. Yeah. I sort of love his innocence. I think it's a really beautiful quality that he has. And I know he's not a stupid man. And yeah. the reason I know he's not a stupid man is he's a fucking stand-up comedian. Yeah. You can't be as quick as he is as an MC and be a stupid man. You can't. Yeah, he's not. Um, and... He just wants so badly to believe. I did gig with him once at the start of this year, and and I had to I had to kind of act professional around him, right? I'd have to, because otherwise I'd go mental. What happened is I was out there, and I was like, <laughs> and I thought I'd wear a PowerPoint badge just to kind of go, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so I did the gig, and uh, and it was and at the end of it, he was really professional, really nice, just lovely from the get go as well. Uh, and at the end, I was I was like, oh, I'm going to shoot off now, and he was walking outside. I was just I kind of was like, I, I in my head I put my, my hand on the shoulder, but it didn't happen. But I was just like. Um, I just wanted to say that your, your podcast really is like one of the best things. It's really changed my life for the better. And he goes, oh, thanks, mate. And I was just like, I love you. Please take me home with you. <laughs> um, can I come and stay over for a night? I can't go and stay in that haunted house yes, for a just, bit. Just, just talk to me about ghosts, please. Well, you know Lee did a gig with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favourite Barry Dodd stories ever, because Lee did a gig with him. <laughs> Hadn't seen him previous to this encounter that day. He knows him. And he walked into the green room at the gig, stood there proud and triumphantly, looked around and went, haunted. <laughs> I mean, do you want anything more from Barry Dodds to walk into a room with a sole word he says is haunted? But apparently he became so convinced it was haunted that um, he was like talking about, talk about it, obsessed about it, talking about it on stage. And, and one of the, the girls that worked at the venue went up to the, like, the rafters oh and dropped God. a serviette and he went, can you say that? Oh my God, I've upset it. And he was really like... I love him so much. 
I really love the PowerPoint. It's like, well, I'll put my mates on and have yeah. a bit of crack. And I love when a podcast you get you get so into it that you refer to them as your mates mm-hmm. and your friends because like I'm a big fan of uh, Ellis James and John Robbins yes. and their podcast. That, in fact, I went to go and see John's show at Edinburgh Fringe, but uh, did John win? He, he, he won the prize. He co well uh, for the first time ever. He co yeah, with, won with um, <gasps> not uh, Hannah, uh, Hannah Gadsby. Hannah Gadsby. Um, but to be honest, I saw that show, John show, which won the most. Um, it just it was it was, too is it because I didn't see he it. He is too in it as well. It's, it's, it was a show. It's pretty much pure stand up, but it was just down. To just like, it was one of the first hours I've ever seen where it was just like. I hadn't checked my watch once, and I was like, I was surprised when it was an hour. I'm sorry, the winner of the prize just did PS stand-up. They didn't tell an emotional tale. Well, sorry, it wasn't an emotional... Sorry. Of course. Sorry. It, was, it was his... Why uh, does stand-up have to make you cry to win a fucking award? Well, it Let's did, move on. Well, in all fairness, it wasn't... It It was about his breakup with Sarah Pascoe, and it was... There was bits... Yeah, didn't you... Sammy, we have lots of gossip to... We have a lot of gossip to catch up on, so... They were together, and I love the fact... <laughs> Because my mouth was full of drink there. The only way my brain could tell you the question of were they together was to do the old finger in hand sexy gesture. Uh? What? I was trying to say that. They were in a romantic relationship. I yeah, didn't know that. They were in a relationship for about four years. And, uh, and the, the whole. Fuck my and, eyes, I didn't know that. And the Edinburgh shows were essentially did two shows about each other uh, and about the breakup. Uh, and it's. It, it, Oh, and he wanted she didn't. Thank you, sexism. <laughs> no, it wasn't like <laughs> she's more successful. Uh, and it's not. It's weird because like, I did want. I do like John Moore, but I was also like, I don't. But a lot of the Daily Mail writers like, well, obviously, uh, uh, we were like John for winning. Get, get in your son. You you do you better off about it. I was like, oh, it feels dirty now, yeah. isn't it? Uh, uh, and but, that's probably not what he intended. Well, no, no. The whole point is that he, the whole point of the show. I'm not leave this in, but the whole point of the show is that. He still loves her, and he's and oh, he God. and uh, he he's talking about um, basically they broke up on like Christmas Eve, and they have to have Christmas dinner together, and uh, and so it is really emotional. It's harrowing, but it is like stand. It's it's not he's not doing it to make you sad, but he's just doing it to tell you. And the final routine is one that it's 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 a mixture of just harrowing, but just perfect stand up. You know what I mean? But so do go and see it when they when it comes around. When is it? It'll be in like. Um, I think he's doing it in um, like February, March. Yes. Time. Um, that's beside the point. <laughs> right. You've uh, got so much editing to do. I'm sorry. This is what I mean. I, d- I haven't. I didn't learn how to drink. I didn't drink from being 16 to 22. So it's been a, like a. But you know what, Sammy? This has been a genuinely delightful podcast. I'm having a, I'm having a great time just hanging out. It's it's nice, isn't it? I've only had four drinks. It's a sh- it's shocking, isn't it? And this is the first time we've properly hung out without Lee being there. And me talking about bags of my own shit. So it's a shame, really. <laughs> I feel like if I'm not talking about my own shit or I'm full of booze, you're going to be like, oh, is that what she's like? Well, it's not interesting at all, really. Well, the thing is, um, and this is a nice segue into um, the next question, but obviously I listen to you a lot on uh, Which is the Best Podcast, which is a podcast that you do with Lee Kyle, as we've mentioned quite a lot. Mm. Uh, how do you guys, when did you start off with that podcast? And when was it? Uh, how do you get the idea for it as well? Right. So, four years ago at the Fringe, Lee Kyle, Cy Bugless, Johnny Pelham were doing a show together at the stand. Lee wasn't coping with it all that well. I knew Cy. Met up with them all one day to go for dinner. And Cy went, can you fucking take him? Because he's fucking miserable. And you've got tits. You're a woman. You can sort him out. Can you just... Because we can't put up with him anymore. 
And I was like, you all right, mate? And he's like, oh, I'm just having a rough time. And I was like, oh, no, what's going on? We had a bit of a chat. We got on. We decided to go and see Peacock and Gamble together. Mm-hmm. And we really got on as mates and we're like, oh, this is nice. So we started hanging out more. We, we did a gig together that autumn with Nicola, Montalia Slovic yes. and Catherine Scott. And the car journey was one of the most fun car journeys I've ever had. We all just laughed the whole way there and back. I was really good friends with Matt Reed. Yeah. Um, as were Nicola and Lee, but separately. And we all sort of had this idea together to do something together. To go like, well, maybe we should team up. So the three of us teamed up, decided that Catherine would be a great fourth member. And we created Funny Team. Funny Team lasted about a year or so. Um, due to everyone's life situations at the time, sort of fell apart a bit. But while we were Funny Team, we did a podcast together called 24 Minutes of Funny Team. And I loved doing it so much, but when we were all together, everyone just shouted over each other. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to listen to. Um, and every now and then, me and Lee, because I had the fucking recorder for it, every now and then, they wouldn't be free. Me and Lee would just record it in the car and just go, oh, well, we'll put one out this week that's just me and you. And we loved doing it. Yeah. We loved chatting together. We found that we had no competition. We didn't want to talk over yeah. each other. We didn't want a story top. We just wanted to have a chat and listen to each other and have a laugh and take the piss out of each other. And we really enjoyed those episodes. So when Funny Team disbanded completely, we were sort of going, should we do something together? Because we enjoy that a yeah. lot. And he said, oh, well, I've had this idea for a while. Um, a podcast called Which is the Best, where what we do is we just compare things that have got the same name. So like um, swing, a swing that you swing on the park, or swing to like have sex with different people. I was like, well, that's a really good idea. So he came around one day and we recorded some daft jingles and yeah. songs and whatever. And by the way, those jingles are so, so catchy. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the, the theme song as well is amazing. Turns out I'm really good at writing something that only lasts 30 seconds and sticks in people's ears like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Um, so we just sort of did it as a, a we knew we were going to take it seriously and we are going to promote it properly and get, you know, we're going to do it with the right attitude, but at the same time go, but it's just a bit of fun. Yeah, and that's the way it kind of comes across, well, though it's, it's like a, you guys set up as a professional way, like the way it's published and stuff like that, it's, it's top notch, but equally it is literally, the dynamic's so, like, perfect, because like, uh, you two are just chatting as mates, and uh, and you you invite us to be your friends as well. And listen, because you guys get very honest. Oh, very, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> we we mentioned as we had a quick break uh, in one of the early episode. Lee remembers <laughs> that uh, he's in a bath as a child. He has a erection. <laughs> he also pooed in the bath. <laughs> And he, 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 he uses the poo as a, uh, to swim around the, the Statue of Liberty, which he is uh, acting as his penis. And like, he like, says to bring the migrants to the free world! It's <laughs> like a four-year-old! Uh, the thing is, um, like, again, like, that was one of these moments where I was laughing so much, and, and like, it was just like, no other podcast can you have that. And it really just comes out of the blue. <laughs> God, I love an excuse to say Lee every week. I mean, it's turned out recently that we might be brother and sister. Now, yeah. I know that's a weird revelation involved in all of yeah. that, but we think it's unlikely, but we think we might be related. Lee doesn't know who his dad is, yeah. so we've decided we might be related. And while I'm sure at the stand yeah. in October, yeah. I, I'm I don't know if we've got time now, but I'm hoping to get a DNA <laughs> test to find out whether he is actually blood. I'd love it. 
And I keep saying that to him, and I think he doesn't actually appreciate what I'm saying, but I would love more than anything for that man to be my brother, because I've got no siblings. But I love him like I imagine you would love a brother. But I think, regardless of blood or what, it comes across that you two are just so... You have this perfect chemistry. And it, it is like brother and sister, really, because like, uh, he'll take the mick out of you, and uh, you'll dish it back as well. And it is like kind of like... But there's also sweet moments as well. Uh, it's totally uh, antagonistic, yeah. but we absolutely love each other, and we'd do anything for each other. But at the same... At the same time, it's like the idea of even like having to kiss each other would be the yeah, most yeah, repugnant yeah. thing in, and the, it, in the world. Even as an audience member, that's weird. If you, yeah. it, adds, it adds a different. But how many things have you watched or listened to where there's a male and a female male and you're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's oh, odd. there's none of that particularly. <laughs> but I think it's also to do with the amount of time we spend together in terms of the podcast that the more you listen to us, it's it's not a romantic thing. It's just like oh, these two are just two tits just taking around. If that, you know honestly, I mean. that's probably the most accurate and best review we could ever have at the of the podcast. Yeah. We are just two tits titting around. Yeah. We come here, we go in my car, we yeah. go wherever, and we switch the recorder on and do it. We don't edit unless I, I am offensive or say something <laughs> where I go, oh shit, you man, I'll listen to this. You yeah. have to edit that out, um, <laughs> which just happened yeah. quite often. And we don't plan. There's yeah. nothing. Uh, sometimes in advance we know what the other person's going to say for the decision Yeah. but only because I'll go oh such and such suggested a really good one and he's like I don't want to do that and I'm like oh, but I like that that's the only time that's the yeah. only planning we do is maybe decide what the decision will be that day that is it um, and talking about some decisions because uh, <laughs> obviously which is the best you compare two things that sound the same I thought I would do some quick fire which is the best questions that you <laughs> just see uh, yeah yeah, yeah I'll compare. be into that <laughs> okay so here's a couple I got something that you probably won't be able to use again but <clears throat> number one <laughs> Uh, quick fire, which is the best? Which is the best? It, it is a podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Toured, as in going around, uh-huh. or, or turd? Toured, turd. Right, uh, having shot in a bag and kept it in my own we- uh, um, workshop and then had to return to that shit, even though it was in three separate sealed plastic bags, <laughs> the smell of stale shit was remarkable. How it permeates a thick plastic, I'll never understand. <laughs> Um, and my favourite band in the world are Gomez. In 2012, I uh, ended up on their tour bus between really? Glasgow and Manchester because this bitch can chat shit. <laughs> and I had the best night of my life. Um, nothing nothing yeah. funny happened, I promise. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it didn't. Um, other than the bus was running ahead of time, we stopped at a services. That services had a McDonald's. We were arsehold. Me and Tom got off. Had a McDonald's. And at that McDonald's be- breakfast at five in the morning, he said, Oh, you really like the band, don't you? Ask us anything you want. I mean, to have that access to your yeah. most favourite band in the world. They were on tour. Had they not been on tour, wouldn't have had my most favourite day ever. Gavel. Yeah. Toured wins. <laughs> uh, this is the best day of my life, Stanley, yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, Misery or Missouri. I've never been to Missouri, but I'm a massive fan of the Americas. <laughs> America. The Americas are South America. Missouri. Where is Missouri? It's uh, there, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like, can't. I, I, think, I think it's... Uh, do you mean centre... I think it's in the south, I think. I think, yeah. I'm going to go sort of... 
slightly south, slightly west, but yeah. not by American standards of the west being on the east coast. Um, <laughs> oh, it's out west. Chicago? What the fuck are you on about? Sorry. I get very annoyed about America and the directions. <laughs> Misery. Now, sadness in and of itself, not a lot of fun. The film, very good. Uh. Uh, but sadness does create great art. For without misery, would we have the Smiths? Uh, would we have the paintings of Van Gogh? Would we have Beethoven's concertos after he became deaf? No, I don't think we would. Now, Missouri, not one of the um, famed states, and that's probably for a reason. Because I haven't visited anything outside of America that you've heard of. It's batshit, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking sex shops on a petrol station forecourt. And there's nothing for another mile, uh, for another hour. So I'm gonna say misery because it creates great art over Missouri because if anything great really was there, would we know more about it, Gaffle? Yes. <laughs> there's eight more of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'll, uh, I'll. I'll be quick. I'll be quick. Uh, so, okay, uh, some quick, quick fire ones, right? Okay. Uh, ratchet or ratchet. Uh, there's lots of rats near where I live. I'm allergic to the fur. Only learnt that once I moved into those flats because I didn't breathe for a year. Oh and my the doctor God. was like, hey, allergic to this, this, this. Well, we'll try rat fur. Oh, it is that. So I'm going to say um, not that. Ratchet, a great way to do drag. Um, Bob, the drag queen, yes. often criticised for having ratchet drag. Had some of the best looks in season eight. So I'm going to go ratchet or being um, a little bit ghetto over um, uh, mouse friend shite gavel. Uh, <laughs> right, um, I'm not sure which one to do here, but... Uh, I'm going to have some lemon. I'm going to have some lemon. Step a game up, it's got pips in. <laughs> you just ate a lemon. Um, okay, uh... Matt Hoss or Matt Goss? Mm-hmm. So, the first crush I ever had was me. <laughs> oh, that'll be weird. Because I'm 30 and you're 23. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had loads of crushes before I was seven years old. Sorry. There's so many pips in this There's like six pips in my Why did you eat it? I always eat lemon, it's delicious. That's lime. Oh, it's got no pips in. <laughs> What? You're like a raccoon. I love raccoons! This is the best day ever! <laughs> I love I love Bros. Um I think it's the first song I ever remember sort of singing and performing for my parents was When Will I Will I Be Famous? Because I couldn't pronounce famous. Oh that nearly went down the wrong pipe. And it was a pip. And no one needs no lemon tree in the lungs. So um <laughs> But you are a very nice man, and they only really had one good song. And when I saw them interviewed recently on Jonathan Ross, they just seemed a bit creepy. Like, just accept you've aged. Just accept you've aged. Don't try and be young men. Don't cake on the makeup. Don't wear those sexy shoes and those skinny tight jeans. And be overcharged for their tickets for their fans. Because my cousin was a massive Bross fan. And she had to pay like 60 or 70 pounds. Look one see them at the arena. Lads, he had three good songs. If that, I definitely one good song. Probably if you like them, maybe a few more. So, um, stop being hoes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish this bell now. Um, you know, um, we've been recording for a, a while now. I think we're only going to get five minutes <laughs> out of this. 
I do need another powerful slash. But um, they overcharged their fans for tickets, and that's why their tickets didn't sell in certain cities. And good, I'm glad. So, Matt Hoss, you win. Yes! That was, uh, to be honest, that was just a convoluted way of just getting some attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, oh, this is the final one. We'll, we'll do it, and then we'll never do this bit again. Um, uh, horse, as in the animal, horse as in horse throat, or horse as in me. I see what you're doing here. Yeah. Um, I just thought uh, I'll do one. There's some I could do a general one, but I thought do songs you can never do on the podcast. Just gonna do it dead quick. Yeah. Don't like horses. Never have. <laughs> My ex-boyfriend thought he could talk to them, and every time we're like out driving, he'd be like, "Stop the car." There's a horse, and I'm like, but "That's fucking unpredictable. They're massive. Just let them roam free. Don't try and control the beast." So a really sad horse today. Yeah, <laughs> my fucking sewing class, and I was like, "Look." Someone's just tethered that horse there and it looks sad. If that was in a forest, just having a great old runabout would all be fine. Because they're not going to come forward, but they do kick and bite when you try and rein them in. And they're not meant to be reined in. Horses are out. Um, maybe if it was wild horses, that would be different, but it's not. It's horses. Horse. Having uh, had to do an Edinburgh Fringe where I completely lost my voice. It was a fucking nightmare. Yes, you sound sexy for a day, but for the other two days, you're almost vomiting trying to enunciate. It's out. Hoss wins again. Bravo. <laughs> uh, it's nice that I won by default there. So I'm, I, but yeah, I'll take it. Um, so, uh, do you need the toilet, by the way? Uh, I do, but I like I like the pressure of needing a wee. Uh, I almost go on stage without having a piss. Hey, I just I've, I've I also do the same thing. I also um, here's something I never told us as well. I, I sometimes I like to eat like dinner before I go, and I usually like need to go to the toilet before before I go on stage. But I realise if I if I do a number two before a gig, not as good. So I always wait till afterwards. You've it's got, always, you've got always, to have the edge of risk. Yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa. It's like that extra bit of yeah. adrenaline that you need. Just keep on your toes. Yeah. Gotta keep moving. If I stand still, it's gonna come down the trouser leg. What? Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep them guessing. That's what I like. <laughs> so to, uh, to sum up um, um, this podcast, what we like to do is to do a live uh, um, like autograph signing. But it's kind of like a, I want to see, like, I just I want to see your signature. Not in terms of like a, uh, but the fans love it when you... Do you get people pissed so you can sort of steal their cards and then imitate their signatures? Uh, another question. What's your mother's maiden name? <laughs> I see what you're doing, yeah. boss. Why? Why? Goss. No. It's the one thing I had in my life. But <laughs> why are they trying to steal from comedians? Like they have nothing. Um, oh, I might do. It. Yeah, I had a car accident. I'm all right. <laughs> but would you like to uh, sign the book? You're next to Matt Green. Uh, you can. Uh, oh, he's really good. So, so are you? Uh, so you have to do it next to the, the recorder, just so I hear it. You have to hear that. This is interesting. Do you get? A, or do you just do it? You don't get to write anything. What you, okay. Tell you what. You, that is my actual signature. You can uh, write a note if you want. There's plenty of space. You are better than horses. I'm just going to leave it there because it seems more weird, um, doesn't it? If I just put and Matt Goss, it's like I'm trying to be... You are better than horses, remember that. Whenever you're having a down day, mate, just think how many people fetishise yeah. and idolise the horse. Remember, you are better than horses. This <laughs> not having a sassy day. It's all right. I'm better than horses, mate. <laughs> what was meant to be a quick podcast has turned to this epic. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no. This is like um, I, I want to finish with this final uh, question. But f- 
before I go, where, where can people find you on Twitter and uh, where can they find the podcast as well? Um, the podcast is available on all good podcasting outlets, iTunes, um, SoundCloud, and what's that other one? Is it called Sketcher or something weird? Yeah. Stitcher? Stitcher. I mean, That's the yeah. bastard. But iTunes and SoundCloud tend to be the ones that people use. Um, well, the podcasts on other things, it's called Which is the Best or Which is the Best Podcast. I'm more proud of that than my own work. I don't tend to tweet, but I am on Twitter, Sammy T. Dobson. Um, and just, like, cut me house sometime for... <laughs> If I want. Uh, you don't know the kind of people that listen to this, by the way. <laughs> I know, but I've got a job. Like, yeah. You know, one in five is probably going to be all yeah, right yeah. chatting it. <laughs> I'll finish with this. <clears throat> Has comedy improved or worsened your life? Overall, as, as a concept, it has absolutely and unequivocally improved my life. Comedy is magic. Whether taking part in stand-up comedy has improved my life, I'm not sure. Um, it's so funny how many comedians I know. Oh, we were talking about this recently and saying, why are people with such complex mental issues drawn to stand-up comedy? And then we started talking about all of our individual mental problems. Yeah. And then we all realised, oh, um, most of our mental problems only came worse when we started doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. It really fucking puts your life under a... Um, Intense magnifying glass. The thing about stand-up is, when you're doing it, when it's good, it's the best thing you've ever done. It's the most brilliant thing you've ever achieved. It's the most magic feeling in the world. I've never felt anything like that. But when it's bad, it's like being dumped every night. It's so horrific. And to have to maybe drive three or four hours for that, to then drive home... Um, just with your own company being constantly reminded by your own brain what a failure you are doesn't do much for the soul so whether my involvement in comedy has been an improvement in my life or or not I'm not sure in the average of all things but I've met some of the best people I've ever met in my life Um, so maybe probably I'd err on the side of yeah If if you said to me you can stop doing it now and no one will ever know or judge you for that or you can keep doing it it's not serious about it, I'm going to keep doing it. So yeah. that probably means, yeah, I like it. However, comedy as an overarching thing is the one thing that keeps me going. When everything goes wrong, when everything's sad and bleak and everything's awful, it's always the first thing I turn to. When my mum was diagnosed with cancer, the first thing, the first interaction we had as a family was a joke. That That's what we as a family do that's our coping mechanism that's how I was brought up that's how I communicate and it's the one thing above all others that I strive to do on a daily basis whether it's a person in a shop whether it's my friends my family or an audience all I ever want to do is make someone laugh because I genuinely think it's the most brilliant magical and wonderful thing in the world is just laughing because no matter whatever what other shit is going on You've got a choice to be able to do that, and that that takes away from everything else. Thank you so much, Sammy Dobson. Thank you. I'm sorry I got quite drunk in the end. <laughs> ah, fuck it. Let's just have a baby this day. <laughs> Yay! We won't damage it at all. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm off from you. <laughs> That was Sammy Dobson. Uh, uh, thank you so much 
once again uh, for that amazing podcast. I had a really lovely time uh, doing the podcast. I think, as I said, <laughs> embarrassingly in the session, I was like, I was really delighted to uh, do that. Um, and it was a delight to hang out with Sammy as well. And subsequently, we've uh, been to see Jinx Monsoon and Major Scales at the uh, Durham Gala together. And uh, yeah, it was it was a really nice uh it's always really fun to hang out with Sammy because she's always a blast. Uh, and uh, yeah, she she really made some eloquent points, and she uh, she gives a lot of food for thought. Uh, but she also um, she she has this kind of manic uh, enthusiasm, which is very infectious. And it's uh, as I say, it's always really fun to be around Sammy. But she's also uh, she also gives you things to think about as well. And so yeah, I can't thank her uh, enough. Uh, I am going to wrap this up pretty quickly, uh, but uh, thank you for listening. If you want to give us five stars on iTunes, that'd be great, or give us a, a rating on any of the um, outlets you listen to, or Podbean, or uh, Acast, or whatever. Uh, and you can follow us on at DrunkComPod, uh, at Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, it'd be good if you want to send us a tweet, let us know what you think of it. And uh, if you uh, if you do want to share this podcast it's a free podcast and i I don't intend for to get any money from it but if you do want to uh share with your friends and just uh help build up more of a listenership that'd be great and we should be back for december where we have uh one more pod uh we have a podcast uh and then we have our christmas special ring a ding ding who is it gonna be with um i don't know and we haven't confirmed it yet but we'll find out by the time December comes around. Uh, thank you for listening. I've been Matt Hoss, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye.